Welcome to Religions R Us. Are you here to buy Dr. Shami's new book, Mini Roads, One Destination? Mini Roads, One Destination? Yes, it's a celebration of the truth that all religions of the world lead to the same destination. Are you saying all religions are true? Of course. All religions have the same message, love one another. But they say very different things. They can't all be true. Well, it's like describing a door. One person may describe the beauty of the wood. Another may describe its golden hinges. Both, in their own way, describe truths about the same door. Yeah, but if they don't tell you how to open the door, you'll never meet the person on the other side. What do you mean? Jesus said, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Other religions might tell you to love others, but that won't get you through the door. Jesus wasn't a very open-minded individual, was he? I think he was just telling the truth. He's got his own ideas of things that are in contradiction to God's truth, reality, what is real. And so we have to decipher from those things that we were raised up under and come to the place of understanding what real truth is, what God says. And so therefore we have to go through the concepts that man has brought before us, wrestle through them in our culture, leave those behind, change our ideas, make a new direction for what God's called us to. Now remember, presently the world of America, anyway, I don't know about the whole world, but I'm speaking in terms of our country, our culture, defines truth as my personal opinion of reality. Now you notice the first idea, all religions go to the same place. You hear that from the media over and over until I'm sick of hearing it. They do not want us to say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through Him. Ooh, that's a taboo to them. You're, you're just off your rocker daring to say such an idiotic statement. They want to propagate the idea that all religions, whether it's Islam or whether it's Christianity, has got the same God. That's a lie. The God of Islam is not the God of Christianity. Islam says that Jesus is not true. He's wrong. Therefore, he can't be the God of the Bible because the Bible says that if you reject Christ, you reject the Father. You do not have God. Therefore, it's not the same. We are in contradiction. Those two are different roads leading to two different paths. Secondly, the culture says there's no independent standard of right or wrong. Oh, most wise Dr. Shammy. That's Shammy. Oh, sorry. I come seeking your wisdom. What insight may I bestow upon you today? George has stolen my pen. What should we do? Are you standing in judgment of your fellow man? But Dr. Shami isn't stealing wrong. Morality is not an absolute. Morality is relative. There are no absolutes. Really? Absolutely. You cannot force your morals on someone else. But I thought stealing was wrong. There is no right and wrong. But if you wish, I'll talk to George. I don't think so. He just drove off in your car. What? He stole my car? He can't do that. Well, I thought you said stealing wasn't wrong. But this is my car. So who decides when it's right and when it's wrong? Stop philosophizing and get me a telephone. So there are no rights and wrongs unless you're the one wrong? Will you call 911? There are rights and wrongs. So you get the idea? That is cultural concepts. They try to tell us there's no right and wrong, yet they get turned right around. If they get wrong, then now they say there's a wrong. Dr. Shami, I come seeking your wisdom. My wisdom is this. 
It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you are sincere in your belief. Oh, you are so wise. Yes. Now, why are you carrying a two-by-four? Oh, I'm a member of the religious woodbonkers, and we believe that if you hit a person on the side of the head with this holy two-by-four, they will feel nothing but pleasure and go immediately to heaven. You believe that? Well, you said believing is all that matters. Yes, I did say that. In fact, let me send you to heaven. Hold on! You're not supposed to die. Wait a minute! There are physical laws. Quit! Ducking. And one of those laws is that if you hit a person on the head with a two-by-four, they will experience a lot of pain. Wait, if there are physical laws to obey, then there must be spiritual laws to obey. Now, I didn't say that. Which means I may have to be concerned about truth. I may even have to examine if Jesus was who he claimed to be, which means reading the Bible. Well, now, let's not get rash. They also say there's no real truth, but yet they have these notions and concepts that when you take a two-by-four and swing, they admit it's not true. See, all these things are hip hypocritical in a sense, but they're lost, they're confused. And this is why we have to be able to discern. You must be able to tell what's true and what's not true, or what's half true. Because we will only come to reality by coming to really what truth is. Okay, now, let's deal with the issues then from last week, just a quick review. First of all, I wanted you to understand that truth has been replaced by fairness. The fairness doctrine is now the concept of America. Is it fair in my mind? Then I will accept it. If I don't feel like it's fair, then I reject it. Not whether it's true or false, but whether I feel like that's a fair thing. So the new right that we have kind of created in our culture is no one should have the... Have the or no, no, I guess you should put it this way. No one should have the inconvenience of having to hear something they don't want or disagree with. That's why you'll have the concept that no one can talk about certain issues like homosexuality is wrong because people don't want to hear that. That's offensive to them. Or in the case where the man tried to pray in Jesus' name at the House of Florida, the, the representatives, he was soundly rebuked for daring because the Jewish folks did not want to hear the name of Jesus. Therefore, they thought no one should ever say it because they don't want to hear it. Well, you can see where that's a dead end because our rights, according to the Constitution, says we have a right to free speech, which means you have to hear something if you don't like it or not. If you don't like it, go away someplace else, but I have the right to say it. Number two, I have the right of freedom of religion based on Scripture also, which means that I can say the truth of what I believe. You don't have to accept it, but you might have to hear it. But when it comes to Christianity in our culture, we're told now that they don't have to hear about Jesus, and they don't have to hear about the moral stands that God has, so shut your mouth because we don't have to hear it. The rules only apply to Christianity and Jesus. The rules don't apply to anything else. Everything else is okay and acceptable except for Jesus. So if you understand that, you see what they're doing, why they want everything taken out of our culture, whether it's the Ten Commandments or whatever else, because they don't want to hear it. Now, the new criterion for judging religious beliefs and lifestyles is not then truth, but it's fairness. It doesn't seem fair to us for you to claim that Jesus is the only way. That offends a billion people over here. It is not fair for you to say that because now you're saying that I'm not a good person. And I don't want to hear that. That's not fair. I am a good person, is what they'll say. So they reject the concept of truth and replace it with fairness. Secondly, truth has been replaced by sensuality. Sensuality. Basically, it means... What I talked about back when we talked about body, soul, and spirit. Do you remember? We said that if you don't have the spirit, you're driven by your desires, your lower nature. That's sin. It's what Scripture has always talked about. Now, let me give you the puppy test. They took some children 
and they showed them some people getting shot and killed. And they yawned and said, yeah, I see that all the time on television. Then they took some pictures of puppies being shot. They went to moral outrage, tears and cried, and had all kinds of overwhelming emotions and horror over the fact that puppies were killed, and yet they didn't even care that people were slaughtered. Now there's something wrong with our culture when the children are worried about puppies, but not people. In fact, that's the problem with our culture anyway. I get sick and tired of hearing all of the movie stars and the rock stars put on all these things about, oh no, we're killing chickens. Oh dear, oh my, the chickens are being overly hurt. Oh, by the way, let's kill the babies, harvest their brains and make cell stem cell stuff so we can get better from our disease. We'll kill the babies, humans, we don't care. But oh, let's save the chickens and the whales and whatever else. But the people, who cares? Do you see what's going on? This is horrid. We have lost down to our base drives of selfishness and we can't even see the difference of what we're talking about. We've been conditioned to accept humanity as being a zero now, but we're outraged over the poor insects and the animals and whatever. And it's nice to be concerned about animals, don't get me wrong, but not at the cost of murdering babies and killing people and thinking it's no big deal. It's horrid what our mentality has come to. This is where sensuality has taken control. And this is what I want you to remember. Without law and religion, mankind always drifts to the sensual desires and pleasures. This is why people generally that are immoral don't want to go to church. They feel uncomfortable. Or they want to go to a church that tells them they're doing okay. The moment they clash with morals that are God's standard saying, no, this is wrong, they don't want to hear it. Don't get in my face. Who are you to judge my personal convictions? That's the question. Truth has been replaced by mysticism. Now we've invented all kinds of religious concepts without God. That's our pop, pop culture. Spirituality is, is in without having to believe in any doctrines. And the religion store is open, where all kinds of concepts are there. You can buy a religion of what you'd like, and it, as long as it makes you happy, it's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. All roads lead to happiness. As long as it's true for me, who are you to question me? That's the concepts. Now, remember John 15? If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember, as we stand on these grounds, people are going to be mad at us. They're going to be unhappy with us. They will not like us. They're going to push against us. Now, here's why. Today, only 8% of American adults have evangelical beliefs. That means 92% of the adults of America reject the Bible and its concepts. Even if they're favorable when they say, they, oh, that's okay, they don't practice nor do they believe it's really for them to follow. That is even fallen from 10 years ago when at least 12% of the adults had evangelical beliefs. We are continually falling into the post-modern anti-Christ mentality as a culture. Okay? Now... Let me ask these questions and you see what response we get. Who are you to say God does not approve of a loving homosexual relationship? That's what they're going to ask us. Who are you to say Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong? 
judge, condemner, who are you? Who are you to say the Christians slain in the Spirit are not being slain by the Holy Spirit? How dare you claim it's not of God? Who are you to say the Virgin Mary statues with miraculous crying tears coming out of their eyes is not Jesus' mother trying to get a supernatural message to us? Who are you to say that that's not real? Who are you to say when someone is healed in a church meeting, it might not be of the power of God, but it might be of the devil, even though it's in a church? Think of other questions like that. See how they're going to say, who do you think you are to question us? Who do you think you are to judge us? See how significant these questions are? And there's many more. So here's really what goes on in our culture. The question, who are you to judge? And there's really two camps that have kind of migrated. We've got the critical condemning camp who continues to say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you guys are a bunch of idiots. You have the other camp that says, hey, no one has the right to judge. Just let people live and do what they want. It's all good. You have these two major camps that are both wrong. Both wrong. And this is where we need to look at truth. And what is discernment then? Let's look in your Bibles in Matthew 7. We're going to go through a number of verses in Matthew chapter 7. Now, Jesus is addressing both of these mentalities. He's attacking both sides of these fence, fence people saying, oh, let everything go, or you are rotten, filthy garbage. I won't have anything to do with you, one or the other. Now, notice in the first verse it says, judge not that you be not judged. Now, it's great to take one sentence out of context and build your life on it, <clears throat> which is what people do. With that one sentence, they have incre- they've increased their, their ground saying, therefore you can't judge, so live and let live. Let it go. You religious people are fanatics. Let it go. There's nothing here that we want from you. Let it go. Leave us alone. Live your life if it works for you, but don't tell us that we're wrong. We don't want to hear it. Okay? Now notice as we continue on though, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now notice there's a fuller context to that simple sentence. If Christ meant or wanted us to believe that the point was, don't ever make a judgment, and then everything's wonderful, he wouldn't keep talking. He would have left the sentence at it as it was. Judge not, that you may not be judged. And then he would go on to something else. Notice he didn't do that. He begins to build an entire concept around his beginning sentence. Now, if you are stupid enough to listen to politicians and only take one sentence that you like and not listen to the rest of what they say, you will come to false conclusions about them, won't you? Some good and some bad. But you won't come to the proper conclusion unless you listen to the entire content. This is what we have to do as we look at the Scriptures through Christ. You must discern what Christ is teaching you by the context of what He says. Now, what do I mean by context? What are your ideas? What does it mean to say that you have to look at the entire context? What does that mean? Give me some ideas. I mean, he's not sitting there talking to me. He's talking to some other people. We have to ask, who is he talking to? 
in the cultural concept 2,000 years ago, do they think like Americans? No, they don't. So we have to dig back in and understand what kind of culture is he dealing with? Who are the people and how did they think then? We've got to go back and understand what he's saying in the picture of the whole picture of it. You can't just slice off the little bit of the top and say, I, that's it, superficially believing everything without taking it in context. Because you can make Jesus say a lot of things, can't you, that he didn't. And if you're not careful, you'll be a false follower, a false teacher, whatever, if you keep passing on information without taking the time to think it through and really see if it's true. We have to read the whole thing. How can you read uh, one chapter of a novel and know how the book's going to end? You can't come to that conclusion until you read the whole book. You've got to go into context. You have to make sure you understand what we're saying. Reality is replaced with fantasy. Why has our culture left reality behind and now chases fantasies such as believing they can create a new reality in their minds that actually makes them somebody they are not? Why are many people so selfish they demand to have things taken from others and given to them so they are equal? Claims that fairness is the only way to happiness is a false doctrine that erases reality. Our hateful, collapsing society proves how stupid these anti-Christian fantasies really are. Today will you heed the warning of Jesus? He said in Matthew 7:24-27, NLT2. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. We invite you to follow the truth of Jesus today. Contact Randy on Twitter at RandyNBell or KLPTV.com.